The United Soccer Coaches is proud to present the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. That's right, the NSCAA is now the United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. Start your free, no-risk trial membership today. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join today. We unite coaches at every level of the game around the passion of the game. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky. Delighted to be with you for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Coming up, we got a big show. We'll end the show previewing perhaps the biggest game for men and women college soccer out there as Michigan State is undefeated at 7-0. They've only allowed one goal, and they will welcome in the Maryland Terrapins, coached by Sasso Sarosky, on Friday night. Now, Michigan State is led by a man who spent more than half of his life in the green and white in Damon Rensing. And guess what? He's got an assistant. Assistant coach Ben Pierman, who turns 32 today, who's also approaching that same sort of status. Former player, longtime assistant coach, and he joins me to talk about the game between Michigan State and Maryland, and also about his role as head coach of Detroit City FC in the NPSL. We'll have another visit with another fantastic member of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30. This time, it's Kelsey Pasalia. She is the four-year assistant coach at Fort Wayne, and she brings great energy. This week, also, the United Soccer Coaches and Santa Clara University's Coaching for Life Academy announced a partnership focused on leadership and life skills development. That means more time with the 31-year head coach of the Santa Clara Broncos women's soccer team, Dr. Jerry Smith, who in that time has led his team to 15, count them, 15 Elite Eights, 10 Final Fours, and a national championship in 2001. Now, on that 2001 team, their captain was Danielle Slayton. Danielle Slayton won a championship there, obviously, with the Broncos. She would go on to win a championship with the Carolina Courage in her rookie season as the courage went from worst to first. And Danielle Slayton was also a prominent member of the U.S. national team. She is the academy director for Santa Clara's Coaching for Life Academy. Of course, Jerry Smith founded it. And they will kick off the show with a big endorsement followed by Ian Barker, the director of coaching for the United Soccer Coaches. What I say, a big show, a great show. And we start with... Santa Clara University's Coaching for Life Academy, their founder, Jerry Smith, and their academy director, Daniel Slayton, after this message from Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with TeamSnap. Go to TeamSnap.com slash NSCAA1. Now, once again, here's your host, Dean Linky. So as I told you before the break, United Soccer Coaches and the Coaching for Life Academy at Santa Clara University have partnered to provide additional coaching education opportunities to coaches interested in leadership and life skills development. The Coaching for Life Academy is an initiative within the School of Education and Counseling Psychology at Santa Clara University. It was founded by Santa Clara women's soccer coach and United Soccer Coaches instructor, Dr. Jerry Smith, now in conjunction with one of his former players. I told you the accolades of both the great Danielle Slayton and Dr. Jerry Smith is with me now. And so is Danielle Slayton. Thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks, Dean. We're happy to be here and happy uh, to talk about our partnership with United Soccer Coaches. We're really excited about the curriculum that we've put together for this new certification here at Santa Clara University. Well, we can't wait to to learn more about it as well. And before we go into more detail on the partnership, you guys have been doing this for some time now. Tell us uh, when you started with the Coaching for Life Academy and what kind of initiated it and some of your growth. We're about three years into the Coaching for Life Academy, and it really was born out of an idea of how can we make a difference uh, in youth sports, and uh, we partnered with the, the School of Education here at Santa Clara University and decided to give coaches some background on teaching, teaching young people, teaching them life skills that they can apply outside of the court or field or pool 
and we collaborated with administrators here at the university and educators here at the university. Danielle Slayton's done a great job of coming up with a, a curriculum for a new certification course, um, and we took that information and shared it with uh, the United Soccer Coaches. They loved it, and we're now entering into a partnership on this new course. Indeed, they do, Jerry and Danielle. And as part of this partnership with the United Soccer Coaches, the Coaching for Life Academy has developed a non-degree certificate program for coaches interested in learning how to more efficiently and effectively integrate life skills development into their coaching. As we've said, the first class is set to launch on November 1, and applications are being accepted now. Now, breaking down a little bit more, the program is delivered primarily online and is non-sport specific, allowing for cross-collaboration with coaches in different sports. Classes begin every three months and consist of approximately 40 hours of work to be completed over four to six months. Now, topics covered in this certification program include adolescent development, core values and character, personal life skills development, interpersonal life skills development, athlete leadership development, feedback and assessments, cultural competency, and parent engagement. As you said, Danielle Slayton, who, if you meet Danielle Slayton, and by the way, Danielle, Ian Barker says some incredible things about uh, you as well. You too, Dr. Smith, uh, after this interview right here, you know that uh, she's always had it going on intellectually, let alone her great ability athletically. But Danielle, you made the decision to leave Chicago to come back to join this effort. Why'd you do that? Well, I think this has always been a passion of mine. I love sports. I love soccer. It's given me a lot of opportunities in my life to to travel, experience, meet new people. And I'm also really passionate about education and helping young people. I come from a family of teachers. Both my parents were high school teachers. So this really was the perfect marriage of education and sports and making an impact in a community where I grew up, which is right here in Santa Clara. And Dr. Smith, you just heard all of the key core principles of the program. None of them have anything to do with kicking a soccer ball. Yeah, and I think what our focus was going to be in this course was everything outside of the X's and O's. And to be honest with you, I think that's the difference between great coaching and good coaching. Good coaching is skill acquisition and tactical awareness. And I think, you know, certainly those are important aspects in coaching in all sports. There's no doubt about that. But I think the step between good and great in coaching is this information. I truly believe that. We've lived it here uh, with our women's soccer team at Santa Clara University. We're blessed to be next to the Golden State Warriors basketball team and saw Steve Kerr and how he handles his team. And when you hear great coaches talk about the difference in being great or good, it's oftentimes these topics, and, and that's why we're excited to share that with the coaching community. So help us understand how this program will work. As we mentioned, it's uh, primarily an online program. We talked about the key principles that uh, are going to be incorporated as well. How does it work? Break it down for us. Coaches can go onto our our website, coachingforlifeacademy.org, and you can find out all the kind of details of the the program and the certification there. But you apply online. It's a pretty straightforward application. It shouldn't take more than Oh, 10 minutes or so, I would say 10 to 15 minutes. And every three months, we roll out a new section, if you will. So our first section is going to start November 1st. um, And every three months, a new section starts. And our logic there is really just trying to meet coaches where they are. So if November and the winter is a crazy time for you, maybe it works better for you in the spring or the summer, whatever is most convenient. And once that section rolls out, it's mostly self-paced, so you're kind of on your own um, in terms of how quickly you want to proceed through the program. But it was really developed with the idea that, you know, it takes about – an hour, I would say an hour, hour and a half a week to finish the program over the course of, you know, four to six months because it's going to be about 30 or 40 hours worth of online content. 
you will have the support of a professor, um, you will be able to kind of communicate via discussion boards with other members in your cohort or in your class, um, whether they be soccer coaches or coaches from other sports. There'll be a couple of times when we all come together in an online classroom, if you will, but really the culminating uh, part of the program is when people come to campus for a long weekend where we'll have guest speakers and uh, an opportunity to to interact with your other classmates, meet professors on campus, um, and kind of really kick everything off or, or finish the program, if you will, kind of with the bang. Phenomenal breakdown. What can you add to that breakdown, Coach Smith? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I've enjoyed working with United Soccer Coaches as an instructor is the collaboration. You know, whenever I'm involved in a coaching course, I walk away at the end of the week having learned as many new things as the candidates do. I've always enjoyed the collaboration, and I think what we've tried to set up here in the discussion boards and other things that we have in our uh, curriculum is a chance for coaches to learn from one another, and we are always doing that. And in addition to learning about a new drill or a new technique, Our idea is to learn from each other on how to manage young people, how to motivate young people, how to inspire them, how to deal with conflict, how to engage parents. If we just learned how to engage parents and we had a partnership between athlete, coach, and parent, and it it flowed well, it worked well, and it was a true partnership of the three, that alone makes a huge difference. So we understand that We need to learn how to run practices and and have drills and and teach skill. Those are important aspects, but these other things are not getting the attention that they deserve. And in fact, they're the most important things about coaching. They're the most important thing about working with young people. And so we're excited to create an environment where coaches can share information, learn from one another, and therefore be a better coach for their group. One thing we know about the Santa Clara University's Coaching for Life Academy is it was already standing on its own, not just for soccer coaches, but coaches at all levels. What was the motivation to want to collaborate with the United Soccer Coaches? That was a, an easy partnership. Uh, I've enjoyed my 10 years as a staff coach with uh, previously the National Soccer Coach Association, now United Soccer Coaches. Both Santa Clara University and United Soccer Coaches are about education. We're about educating coaches. And I simply wanted to focus the educational piece in in working with coaches on the non-X's and O's part of what our job is. And again, I think that's the more important part. This was a really easy one because I've loved being here at Santa Clara University. I love working with United Soccer Coaches as as an instructor. There was just so much overlap between the two. It really was a very, very easy partnership. Now, one of the things that uh, you both said before we actually went on the air, you know, kind of going back to your incredible accolades, you know, 31 seasons now at Santa Clara, 15 Elite Eights, Final Four 10 times, national title with Danielle Slayton on the field. And you said, Part of all of that success is the life skills you've learned over that time that you continue to use with your family and boardrooms every part of your life. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the same things that go into making a team successful uh, go into making organizations successful, making managing people, uh, dealing with conflict, uh, communication. Uh, all of these things are skills that you can take with you off the soccer field and I think that's what our that's what our emphasis will be um, we've certainly recruited well here at Santa Clara University we've certainly got our X's and O's down well but to get to the Elite Eight 15 times in 30 years that's not just recruiting that's not just X's and O's that's leadership that's uh, core values that's uh, engaging uh, everyone involved, whether it's parents, whether it's support staff. How do we run an organization well? And how do we maximize potential of a group of people? That's really what we've tried to focus on. And I think it's a big part of why we've been successful here at Santa Clara University. I can even look at last season. Last season, we accomplished three things that any one of them would be a great thing. We were able to 
defeat a team that ended up as a national champion in USC. We were able to knock out the number one seeded team in the NCAA tournament in Stanford, and we were able to get to the Elite Eight, and we, we lost at Georgetown in the Elite Eight in a game that could have gone either way. And really, what last year was was an example of reaching our potential as a group, and that's what we're trying to focus on. We're trying to help coaches understand some of the non-X's and O's part of what our job is to help the team reach maximum potential. And again, the advantage of teaching these things to students, to players, to young people, is that they can then take those things and apply them in their community, apply them um, in their education, apply them in their careers going forward. So you really get so much payoff for this investment in these areas. Daniel, I know Jerry already talked about the parent engagement part of this program, but I still got to come back to you because when I think about you and your mom taking you over to Russia as a little gymnast and getting involved, and then over the years it was soccer that uh, became your sport. But as you think about it, both as someone who came up with a parent that supported you in every way, but now the important issue of dealing with parents as a coach, why is that issue so important? When I talk to coaches... I feel like I often hear the first thing out of their mouth is talking about parents. And when I talk to parents, I hear the first thing out of their mouth is talking about coaches. So it's a hot-button topic right now. It is very relevant in the soccer world and in the youth sports world. And so really just carving out the time and the space to be able to facilitate this conversation to help bring some self-awareness, to help provide some language around this so we can find ways to communicate, all the while keeping in mind that the kid and the child is the most central figure to trying to help um, that child evolve and improve is, is a really important piece to youth sports. And it's not done alone by coaches. It's not done alone by parents. It's done by all of us. And so I feel like we have a responsibility to, to bring that as part of our curriculum. Dean, if I can just chime in on that, you know, I think Danielle and I both hear this quite a bit, and it usually is dealing with parents. And even that phrase makes it confrontational. It's like dealing with the enemy. It's mm-hmm. like we have to put up with this. Our phrase is engaging the parents, partnering with the parents. If we work together, this can really work well. We, we want to partner with parents. You know, what we want to try to do is give coaches some, some guidance on here's how you engage parents. Here's how you partner with parents. Here's some of the things that you don't want to talk to parents about. Here are some of the things you do want to. And if parents just have a little bit of information, that could help mitigate some of the issues and having to deal with parents. We really want to flip it so it's more engaging parents and working with parents and partnering with parents. It's not going to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We're just trying to make it much better than it currently is. All right. You know, a lot of people in sports talk about core values and character. It's a big issue. You list it here. What does it mean to both of you? Well, I think, you know, we have five core values here in the women's soccer team. They're the only five things written on my office walls. It's the only five things written in our locker room. When our players turn on their iPad to do their soccer work, it's the, it's the cover page. The core values are very, very important to our program here. And um, I think most great organizations have core values that they know and they live up to and they live by. And uh, we think, again, we've tried to take things that great organizations, sports teams or otherwise, have as staples that they rely on to guide them toward potential and success. And core values is one of them. And many clubs don't have core values or many teams don't have core values. And uh, we think that's one of the multitude of things that will help you achieve success and it's one of the things that we we really want to help coaches understand and 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 we want to take it beyond just the team you know maybe the young people in a uh, basketball team or volleyball team that hear about their club's core values or their team's core values then they start to think about what are my personal core values and all of us want guidance from our personal core values and Sports is a wonderful 
way to introduce young people to the concept of core values. I would agree with that and say, to add on to that, that, you know, that particular piece of the curriculum um, is really kind of rooted in those three things. One, as Jerry mentioned, yeah, it's, it's certainly the team core values and as a leader, as a coach, you know, how you establish who you want to be and, and the culture of your program. But even before that, it's looking at you as an individual coach saying, who are you? What are the strengths that you bring? Becoming very self-aware of your style, your coaching methods as an individual coach. And then also, too, tapping into and having conversations with your players around what their core values are, not only the way you see them as a coach, but the way they see themselves, especially in their teenage kind of formative years, starting to, to figure out who they are, and then merging all of those things together. So who you are as a coach, who the individuals are and what they believe and what they value, and then really engaging and reconfiguring all those individuals into a, a collective group that has a set of values that they live by and make decisions by. And so tell us those five core values that are on the wall in your office, Coach. Yeah, we have an acronym, REPBC, that is the first letter of our five core values. The R stands for respect the game, others, and our tradition. E is embrace the opportunity for growth and success. P is for personal responsibility and commitment to excellence. B is Bronco pride, and C is compete with toughness and determination. Those are the five core values that, that guide us. And really, the, when, I, when we introduced the concept of core value for the women's soccer team, I read a book called Good to Great, and uh, they, that introduced me to core values. I wish I had been introduced at a younger uh, age as a coach. Uh, but that's the first time I learned about core values was in the book Good to Great. And uh, it, it also coincided with a year where I asked our team captains here at Santa Clara University to come up with team rules for the year, as we always do. And the team rules came back to me with things like responsibility and accountability. And I thought to myself, these are not rules. Why are these words in the rules that the captains are bringing to me? And then it became clear that they were there because we didn't have core values. And so we have those words in our core values so that when we come up with rules, it's more about be it be to bed on time and you eat the right thing and, you know, more rule things rather than things that are should be covered in your core values. United Soccer Coaches and Santa Clara University's Coaching for Life Academy announced a partnership this week focused on leadership and life skills development. Jerry Smith, the 31-year head coach of the Santa Clara program, the creator of this Coaching for Life Academy, one of his former players, one of the brightest young athletes you're ever going to meet, Daniel Slayton, is the academy director. Final comments for both of you. We'll start with you, Danielle, and then end with Coach Smith on why every member of the United Soccer Coaches should consider participating in this incredible certification program? Well, for me, it's really it's really two reasons. One, as Jerry alluded to, um, we believe that what we're doing here will be a differentiator for coaches and teams and athletes. And I think especially in a world where there's so much more technology and you're seeing your opponents on video and you're wearing GPS units and there's so many uh, things to really narrow the gap between teams and players that we really feel that these life skills and this leadership development stuff um, is a differentiator and and it's part of the future of sports. So I believe in that piece. And then we also believe that it's really the right thing to do in terms of preparing young people to contribute to this world. I was really fortunate to have a very successful soccer career, but I only played soccer for 20 years of my life. And I got, you know, the the next 50 to go. And I learned a ton of great skills, um, both on and off the field. But kicking a soccer ball doesn't do me a lot of good these days. <laughs> and um, all of the other things that I learned about teamwork and communication and collaboration, those are the things that continue to serve me well beyond my soccer year. So for those two reasons, I think it's an awesome program. It's going to be fun. You're going to meet great people. And I think it's really going to make a difference in, in our soccer community. Dean, that, that's the last time you're going to have me go after Danielle Slayton, by the way. <laughs> that's, a tough, that's a tough act to follow. Well Danielle said, summarized it perfectly. And, uh, you know, Danielle is the perfect person to be the director of our Coaching for Life Academy. You know, her leadership as captain of our team was 
one of the biggest reasons we won the national championship. And so uh, you have a perfect person in Danielle to be the director. But uh, if I could just add one more thing, I think we're filling a void. I think there's, Danielle alluded to it, there's a lot of sports science out there, and that's wonderful. That's very helpful. It's very useful. Um, there's a lot of uh, technology out there that help us with tactical awareness. There's course after course after course on skill development. Absolutely. There's just simply not enough uh, information. There's not enough guidance for coaches in this area. And this area, by the way, is the most important area. If you had a youth coach that didn't have sports science information, be okay. If didn't even teach uh, skill development that well, be okay. But you cannot have coaches out there that don't manage young people well, that don't help them understand that conflict can be a positive thing if we do deal with it in the right way, that don't provide leadership for young people, that don't uh, figure out ways to collaborate with all of the entities, including parents. Um, These are the most important things, and there's simply not enough information out there to help coaches understand how to do that well. And we're simply here trying to fill a void in an area that we feel is the most important area for youth coaches. New partner with the United Soccer Coaches. And for more information on the Coaching for Life Academy, you can go to coachingforlifeacademy.org or you can contact the Academy Director, Danielle Slayton, at dslayton, D-S-L-A-T-O-N, at scu.edu. Fantastic to spend time with the legendary head coach of Santa Clara Broncos women's soccer team, Jerry Smith and the captain of that 2001 national championship team. She won a title as well with the Carolina Courage, which are back as the North Carolina Courage, and a former U.S. national team member, Danielle Slayton. Good times with both of you guys. Thanks for your partnership with the United Soccer Coaches, and thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks, Dean. Thank you, Dean. Okay, I told you that Ian Barker, the United Soccer Coaches Director of Coaching, also put his stamp on this partnership, saying great things about Jerry Smith and Danielle Slayton and we'll share you those comments when we come back. It's the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnap. Rolling on. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Okay, as promised, joined now by Ian Barker, the United Soccer Coaches Director of Coaching. And Ian, you just heard it. Dr. Jerry Smith, Danielle Slayton from the Coaching for Life Academy at Santa Clara, new partner with the United Soccer Coaches. You are the Director of Coaching for the United Soccer Coaches. Why was this partnership important to the United Soccer Coaches and important to Ian Barker? Straight off the bat, getting to work with Jerry and Danielle is a kind of a rare treat. So, Certainly just the people involved made it uh, a very exciting opportunity. One of the things, though, that I've, I've looked to do is to tie educational offerings into relationships with institutes of higher uh, education. So we have a relationship with Ohio University, with the University of Delaware, and now we have this one with Santa Clara. We are able to bring our expertise, our soccer expertise, marry it with other people with coaching and soccer expertise, um, although Jerry's program is not soccer-specific, and then bring in the almost unimpeachable quality of being backed up by a university like Santa Clara. So it really was um, a very exciting one to pull off, quite quite easy because Danielle and Jerry are so um, accommodating too, so very excited. You've always said so eloquently, Ian, of course, it, also because you've got that great accent, though, that the most effective coaches at all levels appreciate that their coaching role goes far beyond teaching the X's and O's. Yes, I think that's important these days. So regardless of the level that you coach at or the level of experience that you have, I think most of us appreciate that we can we can execute fundamental X's and O's, we can run training sessions, we can talk about the decisions players have to make. But be they professional players all the way down to the grassroots 
player, getting to know those players, knowing how to interact with them, knowing how to individualize your communication for the kids or athletes that learn differently, being able to identify when a kid is having a, a good or a bad day, where their energy levels are socially and psychologically and physically. I think that's the trick, and I think that's what uh, differentiates good coaches from excellent coaches or excellent coaches from solid coaches, but ones that are really more locked in the technical delivery as opposed to the holistic development. I love it, and I also love the fact that uh, Dr. Jerry Smith has gone out and found great leaders. And, you know, obviously it's always good to have a great player, but Danielle Slayton, and I'm sure you know this as well, Ian Barker, even when she played, she was always very cerebral, right? A brilliant student, and she always cared about everything else outside of the game. So she really is the perfect leader for this program based on the fact she was a national champion at Santa Clara. She won a professional champion at the Carolina Courage. She's a broadcaster motivational speaker and you know what between the ears pretty solid up there yeah I've, I've got to work with Danielle quite a bit and it's been really enjoyable because very quickly you move past the fact that she was a great athlete and a, and a very accomplished player with with achievements in professional and and college soccer but what you're dealing with is professional in the in the coach education player development child development coach development space so she's an absolute joy to work with, and if you, you know, as you talk to Jerry, you appreciate that of all the great athletes and great individuals that he's coached over the years, she's in the top two or three that he would identify as somebody to manage this program for him. All right, you were also there for the big name change, the rebrand, and obviously there's still some people saying, well, hang on, I was devoted to that NSCA name for so long. From where you sit as a man who's out on the field as well, what do you think of the new rebranding? It's a, it's a good question, and clearly change is not, is not always easy and not comfortable for a lot of people. We surprisingly got beat up a little bit on Facebook, but we did much better in Twitter, so I'm not quite sure <laughs> that tells us. But what I, what I reflect on now is those people that knew the NSCAA and loved the NSCAA, those, some may be disappointed with the change, but those people all know who we are. So I don't think we will have lost anybody, um, per se. And what it does do is it, it opens up new opportunities, an exciting new logo, a re-imagining um, of some of our taglines for so this notion of uniting coaches around their love of the game. And so I think it opens up opportunities to bring more people into the fold. And one of the, one of the big growth areas, and one of the areas I'm most interested in, is the 30-something coaches, a lot of these young high school coach assistants, um, or especially young college assistants, who perhaps have not been welcomed into the old NSCAA quite so overtly because they thought it was perhaps more of an East Coast organization, more of an advanced organization. And I think we see a tremendous opportunity in those coaches in perhaps if, if, if a career is four or five stages, in their second and third stages, people that are, are really branching out. So if United Soccer Coaches and new, a new imagination um, new energy around it brings that type of audience to us. That's an audience I'm very excited to work with. Speaking of new energy, same energy, great energy, the convention uh, progress is starting right now. The presenters are starting to be named and people can start signing up. This is an exciting time as we gear up toward Philadelphia. Yes, it, it is. And um, as everybody can imagine, there's a ton of work that goes into planning the convention probably 18 months out although we know where we're going in 2032 we're not actually programming 2032 explicitly right now <laughs> um but uh i have about one third of the presenter space that i'm responsible for managing which comes with diploma offerings so one of the you know one of the important parts about convention that's really near and dear to my heart as much as there are banquets and awards and rankings and drafts and things like that is providing for the bigger part of the audience, the opportunity for some good educational content, and then the ability to go away with some recognition of their attendance so they can go back to their clubs or their athletic directors or their associations and be acknowledged for getting this continuing education and perhaps get some of their expense of convention uh, picked up for them. But um, we're going we're gonna to be busy, uh, but it's always, you know, it's always a great venue. Um, and it will be fun to go back to it. I'm actually looking back to going, uh, going back to uh, snow over the 
over my feet, it'll be okay. <laughs> well, listen, finally, next week, uh, and we're going to work in kind of every other week right up to the convention as part of the podcast, some of the presenters. And next week, we're going to debut with one of the legends, uh, Hall of Famer, Hank Steinbrecher, the Secretary General, who will present and probably one of the best motivational speakers you'll ever hear. He will debut our presenters next week. And what a special man. What a great way to start, Ian. Yes, I first met Hank when he was working for Gatorade. He was nice enough to do the keynote at the banquet for Illinois State University men's soccer, uh, coached by Tim Carter. And that's when I very first met Hank. And then he went on, obviously, to work with U.S. soccer. And we've had a World Cup. We've had Olympics. uh, We've had significant national team successes. And I think a lot of the good things that are currently going on with U.S. soccer today trace back directly to Hank's leadership as the uh, as the general secretary, so he's a great man, and um, he's a real treat. And he's also a person that attendees at the convention, um, assuming they're they're uh, appropriate, and go up and get a chat. He, he's not somebody that uh, big times anybody. He's a, he's a real gentleman and an absolute pleasure to be around anytime I'm, I'm around him socially or professionally. Phenomenal promotion for next week's show as well. Ian Barker's got all the bases covered. Thanks for being with us to talk about this new partnership with the incredible people out in Santa Clara, the School of Education and Counseling Psychology at Santa Clara, the Coaching for Life Academy, a new partner with the United Soccer Coaches. Ian Barker, well done you as always. Thanks, Dean. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Ian Barker, Barker first class as always and you heard Ian Barker once again mention the United Soccer Coaches 30 under 30 program man is he proud of that program and well he should be we will visit with another member of that program Kelsey Pasalia a four-year assistant now at Fort Wayne she's good folks she's coming up next on the United Soccer Coaches podcast by being a member of the United Soccer Coaches, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org to find out more. Now, once again, here's our host, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. So great to spend time with the legendary head coach of the Santa Clara women's soccer team, Dr. Jerry Smith, his former player, Danielle Slayton. They won a national championship together. Now they are creating incredible leaders and a new partner of the United Soccer Coaches. Fort Wayne women's soccer assistant coach, Kelsey Pasalia was named to the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 class of 2007-18 back in August. Now the fourth-year Fort Wayne assistant coach joins 15 men and 14 other women that were selected from a pool of over 300 applicants for the program. She was one of 19 college coaches that were selected, in addition to seven cup coaches, two high school coaches, and two professional coaches. The 30 Under 30 program is a year-long education and mentorship opportunity for a selected group of coaches that are labeled as up comers in the coaching industry. Now, in addition to being selected for the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30, Pasalia earned her United Soccer Coaches Premier Diploma, which is one of the highest coaching diplomas a coach can win. The current assistant coach at Fort Wayne under head coach Jason Burr, Kelsey Pasalia, joins me now. Did I hit that right, Kelsey? Pasalia? That's perfect. Thanks so much, Dean. All right. Yeah, pleasure to be with you and pleasure to get to know you here. As uh, I got to tell you, the most enjoyable part of doing this podcast every week is having another member of the 30 under 30. Fascinating people and the future movers and shakers for soccer in this country. So delighted to be with you. First off, it seems like a lot of these coaches have, you know, if they didn't get in the first time, they tried again. Talk about uh, your impulse, your motivation to keep trying to be a part of this program, Kelsey. Yeah, Dean. My first year when I applied, my current boss at the time, Ted Flagaitis, he's right now over at Pitt, was like, you got to do this. You have to do this. It's an incredible experience. Apply, apply, apply. I applied, didn't get in. Tried another year, didn't get in. So this is my third time doing it. And luckily, they selected me as one of the candidates. And I couldn't be more excited. This is an incredible opportunity. And I'm kind of stoked to see where it takes me. Well, and one of the things that uh, I learned from you just in talking to you before we went on the air is you are, in fact, all about education. And that's the part that excites you the most, right? Yeah. As a student athlete, when I was doing my... um, clinicals as a student teacher because my background's in education I realized like I'm actually pretty good at education and I'm kind of good at teaching and I love soccer so I kind of meshed the two and 
I couldn't go anywhere without a ball at my feet and kind of guiding people and taking people under my wing. So I really enjoy the two aspects coming together, and it is my passion. It is my love. I I don't even call it my job. All right, Kelsey, let's get to know you a little bit. You grew up in uh, Cary, Illinois, uh, 45 minutes, I guess, outside of Chicago, an older brother and an older sister that I understand were also athletes. So I guess it was pretty clear that um, athletics was going to be a part of your life, right? I mean, uh, early on. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you ask my mom to this day, I don't think there was a time where I didn't have a ball at my feet just kicking it around the house or playing out in the backyard with the boys. Or I think a big part of it was going to all my sister's soccer games as I grew up and was able to watch her and it just at such a young age developing the idea of watching the game. My parents were athletes as well. It's just in our blood can't get it away from us. All right. So obviously um, you were good enough to go and play Division One college soccer. You chose Northern Illinois, which is in the news this week for their football program, which knocked off Nebraska in Lincoln, which, by the yeah. way, as we talked about, my broadcast partner on the Big Ten Network is Jackie Santa Catarina Manny, who is the sister of the quarterback for Northern Illinois. And of course, Jackie started for Janet Rayfield for four years in the Big Ten, uh, as I digress a little bit. But boy, Northern Illinois, that's a fun school with that football program. It is. It is. When uh, I first got there, I think it was Chandler Harnish was the quarterback. And I think that was the season that it kind of started uplifting. And we saw a bunch of upsets year after year with this quote-unquote mid-level conference beating these big-time Big Ten schools. And so every year they're pretty much playing one of these bigger name schools and we're the underdogs. And they're coming away with the wins. It's year after year. So it's exciting to be a part of that as an alum. And it's it's Nice to turn on the news and kind of see that they upset another team again this past weekend. Well, that's great as a student. You're able to enjoy a football program that's on the rise. It always makes the college experience better. But you admitted that, uh, you, you know, you had a decent college career, but not the, not the best college career. It was actually after college where you developed more as a player. Talk about your days as a college soccer player, what you enjoyed, what you maybe would have done differently. Yeah, I was, I was there for education as much as I didn't want to go to classes and all that stuff. <laughs> I just wanted to play. I think overall as a program, we could have done better because – I don't think our our mind frame was on, hey, we're here to play, we're here to play. So a cool opportunity that I had after college was, which is where I probably developed my most as not just a human, but as a player, was the three years after um, my college experience, I went to Washington to play with uh, a WPSL program out there. So um, kind of a new look at it, a new mind frame. I'm coming in with uh, four years of collegiate playing experience, meeting up with all these other players from different universities around the country and even out of the country. And collectively, you're all coming together just to play. So it's incredible what the sport can do. You're all from different backgrounds, but you're all there to play and compete. All right. So along that process of still wanting to play a little bit professionally, when did you know that you wanted to be a coach? I mean, you talked about uh, your background with your your bachelor's degree and also your master's focused on education and on health. I mean, did you know that uh, you wanted to be a coach during that process early on? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I Even in high school, I picked up um, working some camps with our high school coaches. And then um, when I got to college, I picked up a couple teams with the local club. Um, and I, I had like a U12, a U14, and I filled in for a U18 team at one point. And although I love working with the little kids, I, I really enjoyed working with the U18, the girls getting ready to go to college. Um, and so much of that and what I love about coaching the collegiate game is you're not – the, the 18 to 24-year-old, 23-year-old range is not just an important time for soccer, but just them learning to be good human beings and good adults. And they kind of leave the nest a little bit, and they, they come to us, and we get to be Mama Bird and teach them life experiences and not just all about soccer. So that's what I love so much about that. It's just it's constant education and constant growth and teaching them life, basically. Well, speaking of teaching them life, I mean, uh, you uh... – are really a kind of a role model for rolling through life. When you think about uh, the fact, uh, 
in, even in tough times at you know Western Illinois, essentially you were getting paid pennies. You were smart though. You said, hey, at least I can get my master's out of it for free, which is huge, right? But you made mm-hmm. it work. And then you got the call from Fort Wayne where the coach Jason Burr actually was your assistant coach when you were a player at Northern Illinois. Talk about what that was like to grind through that, knowing that this is your true love, your true passion. Yeah, it's kind of the idea of just sometimes you're not fortunate enough to just jump right into the highest level. And at Western, I had an incredible uh, role model. I had an incredible mentor, Ted. Um, And there were times where financially they couldn't provide the things that you would think of a Division I university. So there were times where I was paying out of my own pocket as a 22-year-old to go recruit to bring in some of our next players. Um, So it makes you a bit more fortunate when you get to a university who can provide those opportunities to you and kind of eye-opening experience that, hey, we we did everything we could and we earned it. And that's, that's how I got to where I am today. You're just grateful and appreciative of every opportunity and everything you get. Now in your fourth year with the Fort Wayne Mastodons, is that how you say it? The Mastodons? Yep. What is that, an Absolutely. elephant or something? I don't know what that is. What is it? It's You're going to have to Google it. It looks like an elephant. Um, it has tusks, but it's not an elephant. <laughs> so we're the only Division One university with this, mas- uh, this mascot. So it kind of sets us apart from everyone. It's not like we're the tigers or the lions. Like, we're the Mastodons. No one else is the Mastodons. Well, despite the funky mascot, how's your time been at Fort Wayne? It's been good. It's been enjoyable. Um, Result-wise, obviously not something that I was hoping for, um, but we're getting better and we're growing. Uh, When we first came in, we had to kind of change the culture, change the mindset a bit of the players, and it took us a couple years to do that. And um, so we're finally at the stage now where we have the right players in the program. Um, They're on the right mindset of winning, becoming champions, and just being good people as well. And um, so they're finally understanding what we want. And so this is the year that kind of we're, we're seeing the best soccer out of them. We're seeing the best attitudes out of them in, in the classroom as well. So it's been a, it's a, been a fun and unique experience as well, some good connections. And another, another reason that you're humble and you're kind of excited about what's next and what's ahead. What can we do this year? Well, another experience that uh, humbled you but also opened your eyes and, and created this incredible role models is seeing uh, your mom and dad both go through pretty strenuous health issues and come out on the other side. Uh, I understand that uh, both their battles were, you know, fairly long, but now they're doing okay. And, and you grew from that experience, I understand. Oh, yes. Um, my mom first. I think I was graduating high school. So 2008, I was going into college. Um, My mom had some health issues, and they were pretty severe. Um, And she took a couple years to battle out and came out on top. And then in 2015, my dad had some heart issues, had some open-heart surgery, some of the most unique heart issues that some of the best doctors in the world couldn't even figure out. But thankfully, they're both here. They're both incredibly incredible human beings um i call them my superheroes they as as much as it's going to sound cliche it kind of gives you the outlook of you do have to live every moment um to the fullest and be appreciative and just not be scared of things because these things pop up and you can't regret not doing things that's so well said now in five years your superheroes your mom and dad uh, they'll be watching you doing what if you had everything perfect and you had that magic wand that fairy dust (laughs) Um, if everything was perfect I would say probably being a head coach of a team and coaching young successful females and um, not only on the field but off the field and if that doesn't work out hopefully at maybe a power five conference as a first assistant again um, working with these these individuals and hopefully going for some titles and some rings. Kelsey, we'll see you in Philadelphia when we recognize the 30 under 30 at the awards banquet. I co-host that banquet. Always look forward to it. In fact, meeting the 30 under 30 folks who I get to talk to is a highlight for me because I can put a face to the voice as well. But what are you most looking forward to at the convention or in general with this 30 under 30 program? Yeah, well, this will be the first time in my six years coaching that I'll actually have an opportunity to go to the convention. So I'm beyond grateful for this program to be able to do that for us. Um, so just that alone and just going to the convention is massive. Um, definitely learning from some of the lessons and 
um, some of the sessions that they'll put on. But I think the biggest thing is just, and I've heard it time and time again, is just how important networking is and making those connections. Um, just even if you if you have a question, you can re- reach out to someone. So networking, finding new mentors, and then obviously meeting the other 29 individuals who I'm lucky to share this opportunity with. So I'm very excited. Kelsey, your fight, your grit, your determination, talking about living on pennies and helping your mom and dad overcome what they overcame and now sitting at four successful years and even just as important, a member of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30. I like your story. I'm going to be tracking it because I think in five years you are indeed going to be doing what you want to do, Kelsey. You're a fighter. Thanks for being with us here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Right on. Thanks so much, Dean. Right on indeed. Well done, Kelsey. Great interview. I enjoyed that. College soccer season continues to heat up, and as we often do, we try to take a look at a big game this weekend, and perhaps none bigger than two top five teams. Damon Rensing has the Michigan State Spartans at 7-0 undefeated. They've only allowed one goal in seven games. The Maryland Terrapins are also undefeated, and Maryland will be in East Lansing Friday night under the lights of DeMartin Stadium. Tying it all together just outside of that under 30 age group is Ben Pierman. He played at Michigan State and he's now been an assistant coach for a long time as well. He bleeds the green and white of Michigan State. He turns 32 today, the day of this taping. So as I said, just outside the 30 under 30. But not only is he an assistant coach, he's also the head coach of the Detroit City FC soccer team of the NPSL. He will preview the big matchup between Michigan State and Maryland and talk about what's going on in Detroit Rock City as well. Great way to end the show. Ben Pierman, assistant coach, Michigan State, when we come back. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with TeamSnap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have way fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with TeamSnap. Go to TeamSnap.com United. Once again, here's your host, Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. A great show today. Ian Barker, Director of Coaching for the United Soccer Coaches, talking about the incredible partnership with Dr. Jerry Smith and Danielle Slayton, the incredible Leadership Academy out in California. We met another member of our 30 Under 30 team and just a couple years over 30, celebrating his 32nd birthday today, the day of this recording, is the assistant coach for the Michigan State Spartans, Ben Pierman, who, like everybody, who goes to Michigan State, they get that green in their blood and they're lifers. You think about Joe Baum and then Damon Rensing and Ben Pierman. I'll tell you, you look at his path and it's similar. He played for the Spartans in 2004 to 2008 and eight. He won the double in Joe Baum's last year with Damon Rensing as the coach in waiting. Went off a couple years to Western Michigan, came right back and was on the bench for Damon Rensing in 2013 and 14 when they made the Elite Eight. And guess what? He's on the bench right now and he'll be on the bench on Friday night win at DeMartin Stadium in East Lansing, Michigan under the lights without question the biggest game of the week maybe the biggest game of the year too top five teams the Michigan State Spartans a perfect 7-0 they've only allowed one goal and Sasha Sarosky's Maryland Terrapins in East Lansing and Ben I'm, I'm fired up can you tell I mean that's going to be huge Oh yeah, it's a big game. I can I can feel it. You can feel it. I think it's gonna be really exciting. Well, and here you seven and zero. I don't think Michigan State's ever been seven and zero. We don't have direct proof of that. I know it's the best start since nineteen sixty eight. That's a long, long time ago. Almost fifty years ago when they started out six and zero and went on to win a co national championship. I mean, what a sparkling start, capped off by a big time game, the Big Bear game on Sunday in Ann Arbor. Yeah, it's been a really good start to the season. Obviously, it's just just the beginning um you know there's a lot of work to do for ourselves and for the rest of the teams around but it's been a good start i think our guys are really dialed in and working hard and we're just trying to take it one game at a time as we've got a really tough schedule and the big Ten's loaded this year and you know it was a big win on sunday at michigan our big rival for the trophy but you know you can't really 
have much time to celebrate. You have to turn around and do it again just a couple days later. Right before your very eyes, you have seen this incredible transformation where in the 2007 season, you guys were basically playing on uh, you know a dirt rug out there with a couple bleachers. Now you've got this incredible facility. Now you've got lights. you got the DeMartin family behind it. You've seen it all, right, as a player in the early days with those rattled bleachers to today. I mean, what a renaissance for Michigan State soccer. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we have a really beautiful setting here at DeMartin Stadium. Um, and if you look look at what Coach Baum did um, in his 32 years here, then what Coach Damon's done, and he's in his ninth season and, and really just taking the program to the new levels on and off the field and, and in terms of academics, but also our facility. And we're, we're fortunate enough to, to have lights for the first time this year. And we uh, sold out with about 3,600 fans our opening night. And, you know, we're expecting a, another large crowd Friday night. But really what Coach Damon's done, you know, in terms of pushing the program to high levels, like I referenced the academics, but just really building good character with our guys as well. Back to the real reason for the call. We try to highlight the game of the week. So I don't want Coach speak here, particularly as the assistant coach, because, you know, you played in some big games as well. I want to know what the boys are thinking as Maryland, who you know pretty much has dominated the Big Ten. Let's call it fair, right? They've won three Big Ten titles, two regular season titles. Only one year they didn't get the hardware for the regular season. Ohio State got that. And now you're undefeated. They're gunning for you. You're gunning for them. Tell me that there's some excitement within the team. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know we still have to go through the process. We have to uh, make sure we review the game from Sunday because we were off yesterday. So... We'll get a little bit better today and, and fix some of the mistakes from the U of M game and then um, get into our kind of two-day prep for, for, like you said, one of the top teams in the country. Some polls have them, I think, ranked number one. They're, they're the defending champions. And, um, you know, it's always, a, it's always a battle when we play them. We've played them a lot at their place. We've only had them here once, and that was a, a 0-0 tie. But, you know, I think it, it's going to be a crazy tough game like, like a lot of the games are, but they're very talented. They have you know, one of the best attacking cores in the country. And obviously they're, they're not leaking a lot of goals and we have a very good defense. So, you know, I think, uh, I think Friday night, our guys will be jazzed up for it. I think they're going to come in and, you know, they're going to do the same thing we would try to do at their place and go in and, um, you know, take it to them. So I think it's going to be, it'll be exciting. It's going to be a very good um, advertisement for college soccer. There are a lot of very good soccer players on that field. And I think it's going to be really, really exciting just to just to see how the game plays out. Kind of crazy, the ties that bind these two programs as well, because Vancho Swarovski was a big-time player for Michigan State and still shows up at uh, a lot of your events. And, of course, your, his brother, um, one of the most recognized college coaches of all time, 25 years at Maryland. That tie-in is pretty interesting as well. Oh, yeah. I think the, you know there's, there's a lot of respect between the two programs. And actually, like you referenced, the 1968 season, the Michigan State co-championship year, we were actually co-champions with, with Maryland that year. So, you know, we're 49 years past that event and meeting again on, uh, uh, you know, with two of the top, you know, probably five, six ranked teams in the country. So, you know, the, the, the connections between the two programs are there. Obviously, they have a great program. We, we, we have a very good program as well. And I think, you know, going into Friday night, I think that it'll be, it'll be a battle. I think uh, all these Big Ten games are just, absolutely tight for 90 minutes and even even going into overtime sometimes so we're really looking forward to it i'm sure they are as well and um, I think it'll be a really good advertisement for college soccer. Finally, Ben Pierman, as part of this show, every week we interview one of the members of the 30 Under 30 program. As we said, you're celebrating your 32nd birthday. Happy birthday. And, and in Thanks. fact, uh, knowing you, if uh, you would have applied for it, you would have been a part of it as well. Because at 32, not only are you an assistant coach at Michigan State, you're now, uh, I think, second or third season as the head coach for Detroit City FC with the NPSL, which is an amazing success story. I mean, the attendance there and the team and you got to do a little extra right when you're an assistant coach talk about that job and what it means to you it's been a crazy experience um you know the club the club's in its sixth year detroit city football club kind of an amateur club that was just started by our five owners out of, out of a whim and you know they turned it in from maybe 500 to a thousand fans the first year and then this was my fifth season and in the national semifinal, our last game of the year we had uh, almost eight thousand fans so the club is, is a really, really amazing club, and 
you know, everybody in our city, which is an awesome city of Detroit, has really bought in. And, you know, I really am fortunate to have a boss like Damon Renzing who allows me to develop myself personally, but also coach coach at that level and really gain some great experience. But it was a tremendous uh, summer. The club is really unique. I, I say it a lot that we really do have great fans, just like we do at Michigan State. But, you know, it was a, it was a really exciting summer. I think, you know, with possibility of MLS coming to Detroit and in our club being a really big club in the area, um, it shows that we, you know, we were really on the map there and had a really good summer with some, some high-level players. Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to coach any of the Michigan State players, so, you know, you coach some rivals and opponents, but it, it, it's good. It really, I think it just continues to develop the sport in our area and in just in our country in general. Ben Pierman, right in the middle of exciting times in soccer, including Friday night, the Martin Stadium, two top five teams, the Maryland Terrapins, the Michigan State Spartans. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. Ben Pierman, thanks for all you do. You're another one of those guys that bleed that green and white for the Michigan State Spartans. going to be a good one. Thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you, Ben, and thank you to all of our guests for the United Soccer Coaches and the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week right here. The NSCAA is now United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. Start your free no-risk trial membership today. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join.